Welcome, friends, to random number 115. That's right, Roomies and Movies, episode 115. I'm Ox, that's Luke, and we're going to tell you about all the cool stuff you should be watching, some stuff you should avoid. Um, This week, we've got almost the last episode of Doom Patrol to go. Uh, The first episode of Titan Season 2. Alongside that, we also read the four-issue 96 series, Flex Mentalo. Because I just couldn't get enough of them. Uh, for the best and worst list, we just wit- we just rocked the Return of the Kings. Um, show wise, we did the second half of Jessica Jones, uh, the second half of the Boys, and the first half of Carnival Row. Uh, alongside the Boys, we watched or read the first volume of that comic series, as well as catching it too in theaters. Uh, did you get all that done? I I think you were done with Carnival Row last week, weren't you? Yes. Yeah. See, that's what that's what threw me off. I just had too much, too much in too short of time that I didn't allow myself. I'm totally taking blame. I fucked myself on this one. I love how every week it's just like we have seven days until the next one. And you're like, well, I'm gonna wait till the day before and try watch all of this. I feel like it's also a thing where. Uh, after two days, it's out of my mind, and I can't think of anything that happened. Oh, so, like, I'm like, I, I'm like, do I have anything to say about anything? Because I don't remember any of it. <laughs> uh, so I think that's the big factor, but uh, we'll push it, and we'll try and sort of schedule a little bit better, uh, because next week will be Monday, obviously, so we miss that day of opportunity. So, uh, Other than that... Um, did you have fun with all the things? I mean, you own the Flex uh, 4 series, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I didn't reread it, but I, I own it and I've read it. Okay, right on. Um, fucking, let's start DC. Um, what'd you think of Titan Season 2, Episode 1? Uh, was not shocked to learn that most of that was actually supposed to be last season's finale, and you can tell. Like, it seems like... <laughs> Like, not only is that wrap-up, like, all those storylines that for some reason, you know, at the end of season one, we're like, fuck, that's the end. It just kind of ends. It's because they all wrapped it up in this episode. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you can tell where the where, where what was filmed before and what wasn't because fucking the girl who plays Raven went through puberty. And you're just <laughs> like, oh, she looks like a young woman now as opposed to just a gangly child. Yep. Yep. Uh, I didn't know any of that, and that makes a lot more sense reflecting back on it. Um, just kind of a lackluster start. Uh, it <laughs> it threw me for a loop because we get all these characters and nothing to do with them besides, oh, they're evil. We must stop this evil. Oh, she's got her full power now, and she killed her daddy. <laughs> yeah. Like, and again, that seems like that's such like an end of the season thing. And yeah. then the stuff that was interesting was like introducing Deathstroke and the talk with Bruce and them setting up the Titans again. Like all the stuff that they're gonna pay off this season, hopefully. And and honestly, all this could have been last season. I would have been just super hyped for it. Um, kind of bums me out. We're losing the cool people that we kind of come to know. Uh, they're just off on their own again. Um, we get two Robins, Gar and uh, Raven now, set up in San Francisco. 
Yeah, but I'm sure everyone will come together. Like, yeah, I'm sure. The whole, like, I'm sure the threat of Deathstroke will bring all those original kids back. Hmm. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's Deathstroke who Will Smith played in Suicide Squad, right? No, Will Smith played Deadshot. Deadshot. God, how many times have you Listen, if DC had a lot of people that were very different and not noticeable, but there's like five different people that look exactly the same. Mm, uh, well, how about the fact that Deathstroke was literally the visual inspiration for Deadpool? They just ripped him off. Uh, makes sense. Um, uh, but um, Deathstroke was played by that fucking super jack dude from Magic Mike and True Blood. He played one of the werewolves. Oh, he Magnolia? played him in He played him in the that after credit scene in Justice League. Oh, that's right. I completely wiped that off my brain cuz wasn't that on uh, Lex Luthor's boat? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Um I don't know, it just kind of seems like just a not the way a season should start. Like, I'm not at all excited to watch, continue watching Titans. But, like, moving on to Doom Patrol, I'm fucking... I don't want this to ever to end. Like, it's so much goddamn fun. But see, like, this is where I was literally just like, this is the most filler episode of the season. Mm-hmm. That, like, I... Outside of, like, Flex making everyone in Danny the Street come. Like, what was the point? <laughs> I think that's the only point you needed. Um, <laughs> for sure. Uh, it'll be interesting to see that last episode. Uh, the fight was kind of... Pre- like, everything played out exactly how I figured it would. Um, I think I saw people posting about the orgasm scene, which was what you've been hinting at the last few episodes. Um, I knew about that, and... The way they shot it was pretty great. Um, that in that four-run comic series was just fucking awesome as shit. Yeah, I figured the thing that would bug you the most was Quietly's art. He draws everyone really wrinkly. And I'm sure you didn't enjoy that. What's really funny is uh, it's probably the most... Mm, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, Like, the whole structure of the pages and everything, like, the layout and everything, looked great. Like, it made me think, like, in the 90s, uh, if you were drawing comic for the big two, like, you were on your game and you knew exactly, like, how to do things like this. And, like, that compared to something pretty rough, like, the boys, like, uh, something drawn so uh, well done, like, Flex... Like, it makes me want to check into DC more. Um, and I really dug uh, Morrison's writing. I was surprised on how adult this whole thing was. Like, um, considering what we saw from him in Doom Patrol, I thought it was just going to be a very tongue-in-cheek, uh, funny, like, I flex my muscles, I stop the bad guy thing. But, like, we get very little of that. And it's just this kind of weird psychedelic trip uh of like almost a meta 
style of writing, which I think that's basically what Morrison's uh, known for, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like you just described ninety percent of Morrison's fucking <laughs> books, <laughs> which is fantastic. Like, um, I think that first issue just kicked off, and like, it's showing this interweaving of like the comics this guy drew when he was a kid, and Flex being one of those. Um, and him trying to fi- solve this mystery of these other characters that were drawn, like, and then it gets it gets very lewd and stuff. Like, I don't know. It was it's pure nineties. Like that third episode or third issue where it's just all sex and uh, ridiculous superheroes and everything. Like, <laughs> all he has to do is get through this giant traffic jam of all these superheroes and everything. Like was ridiculous. Um, the, it seemed like that was the um, what they were trying to do with uh, Sex Planet from Saga. Like I'm sure it paid homage to that, but like just fucking batshit bonkers. And like this whole time, you if he overdosed or anything, I was like, this was comics in the '90s. Like fucking. Now I want to dig more into comics in the 90s. Like, people were just fucking well, drawing whatever the fuck. <laughs> I'm like, some part. Like, it's not the norm. I mean, but, you know, yeah. the 90s were all over the top and graphic and this and that. But, like, this is not the prototypical net. You know, like, something like fucking, uh, I don't know, whatever the fuck... Liefeld was drawn at Image in the 90s Bloodshot or something like that, you know, like that was fucking 90s, but but there were these people who were pushing the limits of what was accepted within mainstream comics. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Morrison's not, like, Morrison's always brought his own uh, stories to the table, hasn't he? What do you mean his own he's not necessarily contracted to do like a run of things. Like he just signs up for whatever the shot of comics that he wants to do. And then he gets out of there, doesn't he? Well, like he has his own, like same with anybody. They sign contracts when they do the stuff, but mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he famously was writing at Marvel and then left to go to DC. He rebooted the X-Men for a few years. Uh, but then he did like, he wrote Batman for like six and a half years, you know? Huh. Well, I'll be damned. Uh, and that was yeah. literally him being like, I think when he signed on, he was like, I'm going to do like 16 issues. And then he just kept going because he was just like, <laughs> I love writing this. Uh, I, you could definitely see the fun he was having with this uh, story for sure. And like, uh, I'm just interested to check out more of his stuff and like what his good stuff is. And definitely is well, Doom Patrol now that we're through that. Um, just going back and seeing how bonkers it is because I think it's damn near close to what the show was, isn't it? There's a lot, yeah. But you get, you can see where they draw parallels and you can see what, you know, now having read some Morrison, you can see how the show reflects what he's writing. But mm-hmm. having read the book, you can also see that his writing is a lot more esoteric and it's harder to grasp some things and not as yeah. easily spelled out as it is on the show. Uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. There's a lot of stuff that was that would have been hard to portray in the Flex series for sure. Um, 
but yeah, I really dig it. Um, and now that we have one episode of Doom Patrol to go, like I'm sad that we have to wait uh, for the second season for I'm sure to next year. Or have they announced when it when it's dropping? Or are, they, are they even filming? Filming? I don't know. Okay. That's the answer. I don't know. Fair enough. Um, so, jumping from there to... Uh, let's talk Return of the King. Let's just get it out of the way. Um, like, it blows my mind. That, that, literally, like, once we watched Two Towers, and you're like, are we going to finish up Return of the King? And I was like, I have no interest in seeing that, whatever. And then I got this further on the list, and I was like, how is this the highest rated one? What the fuck? Wait, was this on the best list? Yes. Jeez Louise. Yeah, this is like number seven on the best of all time, highest rated. IODB. Above all the other Lord of the Rings. Um, I believe when we were discussing doing the first, like when we flopped them, um, it was a big debate between me and you because I thought this was the best one and you were like, no fucking way. Uh, and then I conceded to Two Towers, and you were still like, no goddamn way. Um, I didn't think we were going to watch this one, but I because I didn't think it was going to be on anywhere near the list, but for that rewatch, geez, what a slug this yeah. goddamn movie is. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's a ton of cool stuff in there. You know, like, mm-hmm. I won't deny it. Like, I love um, the, uh, the Battle of Pelennor Fields. It's awesome. And, like, as ridiculous as it is when, like, the Witch King's like, no man can kill me. And she's like, well, that's because I'm a woman and stabs him in the face. Like, that shit's just pulpy and fun. Um, and, like, the visuals are still, like, some super fucking cool shit in that movie. But, like, it has no narrative structure. Yeah. It just kind of falls at you and she's like oh I guess do you want to see this for a little bit and you're like do I can we get back to like the last <laughs> like mm, can we cut back to the last ride of the Rohirrim wait why are there ghosts what the fuck's happening uh, I always remember the ghost being the coolest fucking part like that was the exciting part to me and then I saw it this time I was like well that's kind of cheating that's like a real deuce ex machina fucking bullshit to throw into this movie out of nowhere like it literally is just like, well, there's no way we can win unless uh, unbeatable army of ghosts go. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's, it's got cool stuff in it. But there's no way I would put this before the any either of the other two right now. Like, there's a reason when I'm like, when I'm like, the fellowship is just near perfect. It just moves and it's so narratively tight and everything flows into one another. And this is the exact opposite of it. Oh, yeah. Yes. You get an hour out and they've saved Minas Tirith, um, and they've still got to walk to Mount Doom. You're like, what the fuck? And that still even takes another half hour. And then they drop the ring in a half hour to go and it's like, we're fucking doing wrap-ups for a goddamn half hour? God damn it. Oh, and just, like, all the goddamn fades to black. You're like, is it, oh, no, it's not over yet. Okay, we're fading. No, fuck, they're still here. Those goddamn (laughs) hobbits won't go away. I don't know. The thing that sticks in my mind so much right now is imagine going on this journey that takes probably half a year to do whatever, and, like, this harrowing effort that you put through, all the shit you've been through, and, like, to 
be on the brink of death, get rescued by a giant fucking eagle, and you wake up and there's this giggling goddamn tall wizard at the end of your bed. I'm like, what the fuck were they thinking for that little scene? Like, just a ridiculous re uh, coming together of the original fellowship. Like, ooh. Yeah. It's like that and, moment when everybody's out to bow and like they're just doing tongue in cheek. Like, hey, Gim- Gimli comes in and just fucking starts hopping around. It's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I mean, like, literally, the movie could and probably should end with them at the top of Minas Tirith when, you know, Aragorn's been newly crowned and he's just like, no, you guys saved everything. We bow to you. And you cut. Like, that's where you could end that. You don't need to fucking see him go back to the fucking Shire, and you don't need to see them sailing off to the Grey Havens and Sam getting married. <laughs> it's just like, just end. Just fucking end. Also, also, you've been hanging out with these people, like, for four extra years after this journey, and just, like, drop them, drop it on them that, hey, I'm done with this world, like, I'm gonna go see what's out there, because fuck it. You know how all the you know how all the elves are just fucking off out of here. I think I'm going to catch a ride and see you. Oh, Christ cakes! What a real like, what a mess of a movie for yeah, sure. But there's also shit that's super awesome, like fucking Denethor just being like, "Listen, I'm going to burn me and my son alive." That's what we're doing here. <laughs> also, how much did fucking Pyramid jostle around that fucking oils the thing that's going to wake him up? Come on, man. Yeah. And then he's dead. Flaming Denethor jumping off a tower. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So good. Um, But yeah, I think all the trilogies on Netflix right now, you can watch that for whatever. Definitely watch watch the first first two if you've never seen them. (laughs) Um, I always thought Minas Tirith... The, the battle for that lasted so much longer and I didn't realize it was like 10 minutes in, 10 minutes out. Yeah, it just keeps cutting the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Plus, by this point in the third movie, like, I get it. Legolas is acrobatic. I don't need to see him fucking, like, killing a goddamn elephant and, like, sliding down its trunk like it's the fucking Flintstones. Yeah, but that would do, bitch. <laughs> I kind of I kind of enjoyed it. Uh, I, I only like the point where Gimli like where you run. You still just won. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I like that these two characters are just fucking so childish. They're charging off a boat with ghosts, and they're like they're just counting their kills at each other. Uh, it's so good. But that's Return of the King. It's um, a movie. Let's go to the second half of Jessica Jones, then. Uh, how'd you like the wrap-up? That's the sound I make for it. Like, well, I was so disinterested and just kind of had it on. I was like, this just needs to be over. Um, I didn't mind it. I really enjoyed how they wrapped everything up. It kind of gave finality to it all. Mm, no, it had all the exact same problems that I talked about last week on the first half. Uh, they just kept going down that road. We still keep sidelining Jessica as a character. Um, we have what might have broke my brain. This whole character who set up as this brilliant, maniacal fucking serial killer who 
plans for everything. He's outsmarting Jess. And I was saying, you're like, she's smart. How is she going to get him? And then he just conveniently is dumb enough to be like, why would she be recording anything? Oh, it's like, there's no (laughs) actual like resolution to what happens there. And then for fucking Trish to fucking pull a Gosling from drive and like smash his head in in the elevator. And I was like, what the fuck are we doing? Like we couldn't just, it's all fabricated for drama yeah. like i don't buy any of it because this is the only time that hellcat's really been portrayed as this evil villain right dude you ask me like you know how much i know about comics i was aware <laughs> that there was a character called hellcat fuck if i know anything <laughs> about it um i believe i looked into it a little like i mean they've been she's been on defenders and avengers teams so like it doesn't make sense that she'd be this villain. Um, so, her, so them to paint her as this uh, just kind of felt like out of left field. Um, I was surprised we didn't wrap up with the uh, serial killer the next couple issues or episodes, and he went nearly to the end, and then Trish finds out she's the bad person. Man, I wanted to just recut that scene where she realizes she's the bad guy and just with a little eyelash on in, in there and be like, duh, you are. Duh. Of course duh. you're the bad guy, bitch. Uh, <laughs> you know, and then apropos of nothing, like I'm sure you're going to say, oh, I loved it. It was great. Like, what the fuck does Luke Cage have to do with this? Get the fuck out of here, Luke. Go away. You, you go. Uh, Luke showed up. I was like, fuck yeah, Luke. Oh, we're going to get a team up for the last episode? Hell yeah. He shows up for two minutes says, hey, I got a new job. Heard you're in trouble? Well, send that bitch to the raft. Literally just shows up to be like, I know you understand all of this, Jess, and you're smart enough, but I have to come and tell you because I'm a man. And then she's just like, aren't you evil now? Isn't that how your last season ended? And he's like, well, I'm getting out of here. Yeah, but the, these these threads are fresh, right? Uh, just uh, just a real big mess I also felt it's really condescending to when you reach the end and it's not Jess making the decision herself to leave or to stay or deciding that she is a hero or that she needs to end it's the voice of Kilgrave in her head taunting her, and that's what stops her from making it. It takes all agency out of the choice herself. I was going to ask you about that next. Um, do you believe that he's still around, or like that was just a, a taunt to get her to stay? Because I mean, and, she's only based in New York, right? Yeah, but it's it was the same as last season, where he there was a whole episode about him, like in her head taunting her and she got over it in that episode and then they bring it back like no Kilgrave's not back it's just a voice in her head again but that just takes <laughs> and that just takes agency away from her at the end she should decide that she wants to stay in New York and be a hero yeah. or she needs I mean, to decide that she wants to leave either or is fine but not to be like this character who's not even around anymore is influencing the choice hmm. no I feel, I feel you um, it was uh, really cool. Uh, I think that was the first episode back, like episode six, where um, you get Jessica 
being called a hero in bed when she wakes up and like she has a smile and it's like oh that's all I've wanted from Jessica since I saw her murdered and goddamn Breaking Bad uh, and then she spends the rest of the season just like am I am I am I not am I it's like, just be it, and let's get on with it. But, yeah. It's all right. Now we're done with the Netflix shows. <laughs> yeah. but We're done. It's over. I'll never watch The Punisher, so. Yeah. Um, let's jump from there to Carnival Row. Uh, Orlando Bloom and Carla DeLevine. Amazon yeah, Prime. Or Legolas. Legolas. Uh, it was really interesting seeing the two different versions of Legolas. Um, how'd you feel about it? Um, trying to remember because it's been two weeks since I watched it now. Um, uh, essentially the Fae world, um, but surprise, Orlando Bloom used to be a Fae, but when he was born a Fae, his parents clipped his wings and grew up as a human, I suppose. Um, I guess the only thing I guess I I will give it credit for is that it didn't drag that out. Like by the end of the first episode, you knew there was something going on, and then they all start hinting at it real heavy. And I was like, "Cool, he's either a fairy or he's half." So let's just get to it. And then we got to like episode four, and they did. Let's go. Like, oh, shit, I figured they're gonna drag that out. Cool. Thanks for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it does do that thing that like uh, I know you don't read a lot so you might not have run across it but uh when you when you read a fantasy world they're so preoccupied with trying to build the world up and the mythology and the lore that they just start saying shit and it doesn't make sense because you don't have a reference for what it means you know they're all like the brewer and the pact and, and the fey and, and the iron and you're like what the fuck does any of this mean it's very yeah. fantasy novel oriented and then you're like Oh, it doesn't mean anything. Cool. <laughs> yeah, for the most part. Um, I don't know. It's all right. Um, I don't hate it. It's just weird and like kind of long-winded for my taste. <laughs> um, yeah, it was... I don't know. I think it's weird that you do a flashback episode four episodes in. Like, yeah. I felt like kind of either intersped that or showed us because like the only literal payoff to withholding that is you know that she thinks he's dead and then finds him but that is in the first episode mm-hmm. so like at that point there's no reason to withhold their past um I don't it's doing a lot of things but I don't think any of them are being done well if that yeah. makes sense like, no, it does. Um, there is this murder mystery, and there's this tale of impoverished, impoverished immigrants and indentured servitude and hierarchy within uh, noble houses. There's a lot of things that all kind of have their own little narrow storyline. They never intermingle, and none of them are done particularly well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the bigger takeaway. Like, it this show has some promise, uh, and they're advertising the shit out of it, and then you get into it, and it's like, mm, this is kind of what I was expecting. It's just nothing, nothing exemplary. Um, 
which I kind of was exciting. Or I was excited for with the higher caliber uh, cast that seemed like they were bringing to the table, but I think you have the two, and then everybody else is unknown. So whatever, man. It's done. It's done by your boy. Uh, Who's that? Travis Beachman, the guy who created Pacific Rim. Hmm. Didn't know that. Um, yep. Yeah. I don't, like, I love the designs and everything of the world. The, just the storytelling just kind of drags. Um, it, like, it, it just doesn't seem like they know what they want to do. Or they only had just a short bit of story to tell, so all this other stuff was just convoluted around that um i don't know the it's weird because it seems at the halfway point that uh legolas has been given the okay to move on and he's come forward with why he did and everything um but it seems like she's going back to him now and kind of that's gonna screw up everything he has going on um so We'll see. Four episodes. Yeah, um, all I can hope is, like, I was kind of excited when they were, like, I don't remember who it was. Somebody was, like, dying or whatever, and they're, like, a dark god has arisen, and you don't know the horrors that are down there. I'm like, oh, fuck, we're gonna go Lovecraftian with this? And then there's, like, it's a reanimated golem with dead body parts. And I was like, well, oh, that's not cool. When they showed his face first, I was like, shit, we're getting Cthulhu? Because he had, like, tentacles and mouth, and I was like, oh, that's fucking badass. And then they showed him getting shotgunned, and it's like, nope, it's just a, just a mix-up guy. Yeah, Aww. that's not cool at all. I want, nope. I want fucking dark gods and fucking weird whores. Give me that. Bring all the fucking dark gods. Um, but the show's pretty predictable. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's... I think a problem that I'm having with the show is that it's so much more adult than I was expecting, considering it's Amazon Prime. <laughs> As you watch The Boys on Amazon Prime? Oh, trust me, we're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it just seems like they've had some wins, and now they're just, like, fucking running with it. And, like, fucking gloves are off. We're taking on HBO with their fucking level of gratuity. Well, I don't think anything's gratuitous as, like, the nudity in those first seasons of Game of Thrones was. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, it all has a point. They do have that super awkward extended sex scene where, like, (laughs) when she comes and you're like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, and then they show it five minutes ago or not glowy because she's upset at him. Uh, (laughs) Like, you you, you didn't glow. You didn't didn't come, did you? And it's like, (laughs) don't. Well, bitch, I gotta go on down a werewolf, so get on you. Yeah, I don't know. This show's all over the place for the most part. It'll be interesting to see how it wraps up, but I'm in for it. Um, jumping from there. Second season already. What? Yeah. Wow. That's surprising considering um, how much trouble, or how much um, like just a fight uh penny uh penny dreadful had and it seems very similar in tone to that except penny dreadful was fucking awesome yeah i 
concur. I own all three seasons. So. Uh, but that was also like Showtime, though, and they just don't yeah. fucking care. Showtime's like, if you own us, you're watching it. Who cares? I, it, <laughs> uh, but no, it's fucking. It's fucking. Bezos has all that money. He just throw it all away, dude. He doesn't fucking care. It's true. Fuck yeah. Keep doing it. So. Uh, I saw something like for that Lord of the Rings TV show that they're doing on Amazon. He yeah. dropped like I think it was like three hundred million just to acquire the rights. That doesn't include anything about <laughs> putting it together. That was just for the rights to do it. Could you imagine just having money like that to fuck off with? Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> And, well, it's fun because, like, I feel so much better uh, with the Amazon's quality compared to Netflix's. Because Netflix is a really fucking coin flip. And about 80% of the time, it's been trash. Well, that's because um, 90% of what Netflix does is just acquire shows for distribution. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but, I like, if something comes up on Amazon, like, they're push- pushing it, uh, it's always worth checking out because it's always... Um, for the most part, it is. I don't know. Did you see they announced, like, Jack Ryan season two? And I was like, oh, fuck off. I don't care about that. <laughs> so many people have been telling me how much they've liked season one. And I was like, did we watch the same show? So, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, doesn't it drop in November? Yeah, it's, like, soon. Sooner than I care to even think about. <laughs> Fair enough. But... Going from all of that to something very extraordinary with the fucking boys. Um, yeah, it's fucking so good. This show's so fucking rad. Um, that's another thing that keeps me from watching everything. I'm like, all right, I know the boys need to be near the end because it's so fucking good so far, and I just want to end with that. And then it's like, well, what do I have to watch? Slug through all of Jessica Jones to get to that and it's like ugh, might as well throw Carnival Row before that too and uh, and then I re- then I had to read the volume one um, which was interesting uh, I like how they uh, uh, disassociated it um, kind of took it narratively down a different path for the show I agree It's like I said it's weird that they all that they're using Compound V as a secret versus something that they all knew about and used to get their own powers so that they could fight against them. I think that's interesting. Um, plus, they mixed around the whole uh, Homelander and Billy's wife story enough that it's fresh and interesting to anyone who does know the story. Yeah, and the way the season ends, I'm like, shit, give me fucking season two right goddamn now. Like, with everything we were talking about, Jessica Jones and Doom Patrol, and even Titans, like, that's probably the most disappointing thing about Titans, is, like, it just leaves you not giving a damn about the next episode, where the boys is, like, every fucking episode ends, I'm like, I have to get into the next one, like, stopping midway last week was the hardest decision, because, like, I thought you had already watched through the whole thing, so I was like, I was just gonna be cheeky and watch the whole damn thing. And just talk about the first four episodes, but like, goddamn, that show's so good. Um, Plus, you know, like, the deeper along you go, 
the more you learn about these characters and that they're multifaceted and <clears throat> excuse me um you know like sure fucking butcher is cool and he's funny and then you get to the end and you're like oh he's gonna blow that baby up that's how <laughs> determined this man is to get his vengeance what i was thinking i thought the baby was the one that he fucked with in the hospital and like he was just gonna grab it and laser uh homelander uh which would have been fucking rad but then fucking homelander takes uh what's her name's face and just melts through her skull i was like oh shit Homelander doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> nope. This is great. I, I'm pretty sure we were talking about this in Luke Cage. Like, everybody's just awful at this point. And, like, nobody cares because the characters, like, there's something we've been watching. But, like, I'm so interested in all of these characters. And all of them are the worst fucking possible beings. Yeah. There's no, like, you know, even Huey who's supposed to be the innocent you see how it, all of this is corrupting him and like mm-hmm. starlight being brought down like there are no good people in this world as hard as they might try and that's what makes it a more as more extreme as this show is it's more realistic than something yeah. like the, the netflix shows because you see how these people go down these routes and how it is believable that they would do shitty things to try to get to their own personal goals they're looking for. Um, you know, but it's also a show where, like, the main bad guy, who is supposed to be a good guy, is giving terrorists super serums so that he has super villains so that he can control the military. Like, it's super fucked up. And it just has this myopic view of everyone, which you get from Ennis. Like, Ennis hates everybody. Like, he finds some good in certain <laughs> things, but for the most part, he is distrustful and hateful of almost anyone. Um, just, is that the same way he writes Preacher? A lot, but Preacher's all about religion and, yeah. like, how God's a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, man, the writing is something else. It's so fucking ridiculous and great. Um, the way the first volume is structured, uh, essentially, I think we take care of that in the first couple episodes, maybe three episodes. Um, but I mean, they're already rocking powers and fucking taking on a superhero team, just fighting in the middle of the streets because they were blackmailing them. Um, so much better than the blackmailer from Jessica Jones, like, (sighs) But yeah, uh, I really enjoyed the the uh, first volume and like considering it was so short of what the uh, first season was, it's like, well, it looks like I'm downloading the next couple of volumes and seeing how far it goes because I just need more of it now. So it goes far. And plus, you can tell like it's going to be divergent enough from the show that it's not going to ruin it for you. Mm hmm. Like, but spoiler, like Butcher's wife is dead in the book. Like she is not alive. Like she's at the end of the show. So yeah, because they were. Uh, I think they touched on it. That's like uh, the baby did crawl out of her room in that one and like shocked him with the eyes, right? Yeah, like uh, I don't remember. I didn't reread the first volume, but I've read the whole series. But 
yeah, there's a part, like, I don't know if it's in that or later in the book, <clears throat> but where you see that scene and, like, the baby breaks its way out and then Butcher beats it to death with, like, a lamp because as it's, like, shit. flying in the air trying to kill him. Oh, shit. Oh, that's so incredible. Uh, also, um, fuck, what was the dog's name? Terror. Terror. So good. So goddamn good. I told you it's sad that Terror's not there. Like, how hard I would know. it be uh, He's the best. Like, I just see Terror. I'm like, yay, fucking get some bulldogs. Quite literally, in every scene that you're in. <laughs> just fucking everything. <laughs> uh, it's so good. Um, but yeah, I like how it started out. And, like, we didn't need backstories of these people. Like, we get glances at it. And like they're the team, we're they're the go-to guy, people, and we're just in for the ride. I fucking, I think Dred's doing an amazing performance with Butcher as well. Like, easily. And isn't it weird that uh, I was just gonna throw the weird tangent that not only did we see Orlando Bloom in an Amazon Prime show plus Lord of the Rings, we also <laughs> saw Carl Urban in both. Like, and that was 20 years ago. And, like, Legolas looks the exact same almost. Fucking Dread was 20 years younger. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but I love him. I love his look. I love Butcher's look in the uh, show so much better than the volume. Um, it's the beard, right? For sure. I mean, he just looks like he's been downtrodden for years. And he wants to exact this revenge. And, like... Considering we've seen the chiseled jaw with dread and doom and shit like that, like it's just a different uh Carl Irvin and like he just had so much fucking fun with this role. Um he's so good. It's so goddamn good. But yeah, I'm loving it. So Yeah, it's really good. Everyone should watch it. Watch that, find the comics, read them, do all that stuff. Well, there's a lot of comics. Maybe take it easy. I want to say, aren't there like eight volumes? Or are there more? Uh, I don't know, because I, I own like half of them and collected it. And then I read the last half of the series like week to week or month to month. I read uh-huh. it, you know, in singles. And then I got rid of all my singles. Um, mm. But there's like 90 issues, I think. Damn. Probably way more than 90. I, I know when they had the Humble Bumble, like a couple months back, I think they only went to like uh, volume 8, so. Yeah, so I don't know how many. I, I do know it was right around 90 issues, though. Nice. It's rad, uh, for sure. Um, then, going from there to uh, It 2, the second chapter of the revamped version from 2017. Um, I did a rewatch of the first one, just to get in that mode, and like, over the past couple weeks, I think the trailer's played before every movie I've seen. And, like, the sound design that they've done to make these eerie sounds and shit is unworldly. Like, they deserve a goddamn medal for all that creepy fucking noise and shit. Like, even closing my eyes so I don't fucking spoil myself, which thankfully... um I didn't spoil myself with a couple of the baddies of the second chapter. Like uh, everything was so fresh and so ridiculous. 
Uh, I don't think I've ever seen the second half of I like I think I watched the first VHS with my my brother and sister when I was young, but I don't think I ever made it to the second one. So like I didn't know any of this going into it. Well, uh, I know I've seen the miniseries, but I, the, I read the book. Is so. the uh, acid inhaler? That's in the first half, right? Though. I don't know. It's it's I. It's the end though. It's grown up Eddie who does it because that's when he gets killed, right? See, I don't, I don't know. All, all I remember is is him shaking his inhaler and like this is acid, and then sprays it, the big spider thing. And I can't yeah, which is he does in this one, but with that spear, you know, he's like, uh, yeah. kills monsters if you believe it. Um, okay. I don't. Um, so no, I've read the book. Uh, I don't remember a ton about the 90s miniseries, except that I know that I have seen it. Um, but going into this, I was afraid that the adult story doesn't work structurally without the kids part was my fear. Like, you know, the kids, the interesting part in the book, the way the book works is it plays with memories, you know, like they get together and they don't remember anything and they start flashing back and it's back and forth and the whole ritual of chewed happens in both timelines at the end and it's the failures of them as children and what they've learned growing up as adults and bringing with their childhoods is how they're able to defeat it and i was right like it doesn't work without cutting it together separating these two stories doesn't help the adult side because that's the most boring part of it what's it though because i had a lot of fucking fun with the adult side of it no it doesn't work uh you get down to it like you don't see how their traumatic childhood and the things that they went through shape them into the adults they are. They're literally just grown-up versions of the kids. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Their own, you know, like, do any of these characters present anything other than being, like, a grown-up version of the kids? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I know what you're saying now. Um... Did you like the second uh, chapter two? No. Not at all? Did you like the first one? Yeah. But I also rewatched it since the first time. (laughs) I'd only seen it in theaters. I don't like it as much as I remember liking it, though, either. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I really Um, enjoyed it. I I love the rewatch. I really enjoyed the second second chapter. So, here we go. Here's my main thoughts. You have a stupidly good cast and you don't Mm. really give them anything to do. Like most of the point these people like McAvoy, Chastain, they're all wasted. Like Hater has some good parts to play off, but even then he's just kind of the comic relief. Um, Mm. So this cast has nothing to do with. You are essentially, it seems much more fragmentary than the first one. It's like a series of vignettes. It's this character goes off, and meets Pennywise. Now we go to this character and they meet Pennywise. Now we go to this character and they run into Pennywise. It's just, it's repeated ad nauseum for almost three fucking hours. (laughs) Like, this is another movie that has no sense of pace to it. And then, when you get to the, (laughs) when you get to the end, no matter how much money you have, a giant spider with a clown's head is never gonna work. (laughs) Never, ever, ever is it gonna be scary or interesting to look at. Not true. I thought it was awesome. Like, I love the design of this new Pennywise. 
like and the way uh Skarsgård is able to contort his face to make it look even more fucking menacing is just terrifying. Like when um the do- the girl like and he's slap slopping the paint on his face and like digs into his eyes and like fucking makes the the streaks. I was like fucking terrified. And yeah. you know what? You, do you want to know what is the most terrifying like facial contortion in this film? Because there is one. What's that? It's the goddamn de aging on all the kids. That <laughs> fucking scarred me. <laughs> You need to you need to roll with the punches a little bit better. No, that is just them straight fucking up. I get <laughs> that like they weren't sure they were gonna get to a second one, and that's why you tell just the kid's story and you're able to contain it and it's one and done. Mm-hmm. But like they should have fucking that movie had the biggest opening for a horror film ever. Like they should have immediately got those kids back and film. See see oh, I didn't I didn't see much of that because I just wasn't paying attention for it. Um, I'm sure next time I see it, I'll definitely notice it. But like, I, fig- I figured they recorded them at the same time, so I didn't even no. think anything of it. They did not, sir. And those kids have fake CGI face. <laughs> awful and terrifying. Oh, that's awesome. Like, it's the same as like any de-aging. You know, like it kind of looks rubbery and fake. But it looks so much worse when you're de-aging a child. Like I, it's just uncanny yeah. how fake. It but then you watch the scene when they're all in the bunker underground for the first time as kids, and like Eddie's doing like his fast talking thing as he's hitting that fucking paddle. His face is not moving right, and his <laughs> mouth isn't opening right, and they're like octave pitching his voice because obviously he went through puberty and he doesn't sound the same. Oh my god! And then. I'm assuming the kid who played Ben lost weight when he actually grew up a little. Because, <laughs> like, it's, like, fake fucking fat cheeks on him. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrifying. Yeah, didn't notice any of that, so I'm glad. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was really great. Um, obviously, the old lady fucking monster wasn't spoiled for me uh, from the trailer. I think that was the big one. Um, because I figured... See- I. I figured Pennywise was going to be showing up there and I didn't think it was going to be like that. So, mm, But see, they cut the best part out of the book, though. It's just like that. But when she's talking about her dad, she's like, he shat me out himself and talks about how like Pennywise gave birth to her. Yeah. Ain't that stuff. Yikes. Everything, I don't know. It just... I don't know. It just didn't work. And I didn't think it would going in. So maybe that's me going in with preconceived notions, but I feel I don't know. I feel alive. I feel like, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like they spend so much time. Like they set up these characters and then don't do anything with them, yeah. really. Yeah. But I mean, it's- I also appreciated the way like they morphed like their childhood memory to where they are now. Um, especially uh, Ben's when he's running through the halls and like somehow finds himself in a fucking <laughs> locker when he's 40 years old. Uh, I don't know. I just, I really don't. Wow. Like, I think the, the, 
design of Pennywise works so well. Like, I'm not gonna lie, I slept with the fucking light on that first night because, like, I was just expecting Pennywise to jump out somewhere. <sighs> but I got over it. I also don't feel like that. I don't know. It's fucking clown. It's not scary. It's just a stupid fucking clown. Fuck no, him. No, I don't think it's necessarily Pennywise. I think it's the 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 laughing and the maniacalness and the sound design that kind of creeps me out more so than anything. Oh, oh. It's definitely wow, 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 wow. It's so weird. Like all you got to do is cut out a few like f bombs, and that's PG thirteen movie. Both of them. The, like, I'm shocked. They're not really horny. I'm shocked it wasn't a PG thirteen show or movie. I didn't even look into that. Yeah, they're both rated R, mostly for language. Like, and that's not me saying like you need a fucking R rating to make it scary. But I mean, like, I feel like everything is so tame. Yeah, like it's weird that you have this shape shifting alien entity from another dimension and most of the time he's just like boo i'm a clown or i'm a scary statue it's like (laughs) nothing really feels threatening you know yeah that's that's probably the shocking thing to me um i was telling uh people that were asking me if they if i enjoyed it like it's not really a scary movie per se it's just the the um kind of a inclusion of a threat more so, but like that sound design really just gets to me. Um, but yeah, I, I I wouldn't really classify like I wouldn't put this on the level of fucking Strangers Pray at Night or like any of the other like horror films that I really dug this year. So oh, it's weird. I and just like I get that like it's already this was you know. 245 I think it was and I think the first one's like 230 so you get you know over five hours (laughs) of the story and it's still not enough to tell everything because that book is so big and sprawling and dense but like there's stuff that like I feel thematically should have been included because you don't get the depths without it Yeah, Um, I think it's astonishing that again we relegate Mike to a perfunctory role uh, after the first movie took a lot away from him again and you cut out like how his the death of his parents tied into like Pennywise burning the black spot back in the 60s and racial segregation and all that storyline and like Bev's like why even introduce Bev's abusive husband if you don't have him follow her back and fall under Pennywise's Hmm. trap and to show that like regardless of how far these people go the rot is always there you know is the lamp rotten or is it Pennywise who's affecting who you know how can you actually get away from this Um, and taking away what happens to uh, Bill's wife in the book uh kind of leaves the ending sort of flat, in my opinion. What happened to Bill's wife in the book? So in the book, um, Pennywise has uh, Bev's husband kidnap her and brings them down to the in the sewer. <laughs> Excuse me. And he shows her the deadlights, just like he did Bev when she was a kid. Mm-hmm. 
and uh so his wife goes catatonic and she's like unresponsive and like just nothing there like a vegetable <laughs> and at the end like uh Bill puts her on silver, his bike, and they go for a ride and it wakes her up. Hmm. And it's, you know, it's him finally being able to save his loved one from Pennywise. It's him getting to be the hero he always needed to be to be able to move on past what happened to Georgie. Huh. Yeah, I was surprised that none of them had their significant others. Like, they just left their life that they were living and, like, just walked away to come back and kill this clown. Um, I don't know. It just seems like there's they would be smarter and know that there's strength in numbers and whatnot. But, uh, but there's also that weird thing of like I don't get that like none of them remember it. You know, they all get like scared and they feel like something's up. But until they all get back together, they don't remember Pennywise. Yeah. Except Stanley, apparently, it's just like, yeah, I gotta fucking kill myself. <laughs> Can't do that. Yet. And to have the thought uh, to tell them about everything he remembers in a note to everybody. Yeah, it's like, how the fuck did he remember? No one else did? No. (laughs) It's inconsistent storytelling just to get that ending. Yeah. So. Uh, Also, I don't know. I just felt the note was super unnecessary. Like, um, yeah. Because that inconsistent storytelling for sure. But how great was that Stephen King cameo? Jesus, I would have cut that in a fucking heartbeat. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. Um, there's also like weird tonal. Like I didn't understand. Like there's that scene where Eddie is underneath the pharmacy and he's going up against the fucking leper again, and like he's like choking it out. And it's supposed to be that moment of like, you know, like it's the weird thing you don't get it in the movie as you do in the books where like they're able to actually tell from its perspective, but like he's scared of them and it's, you know, he doesn't like, you know, someone who always feed on fear. He's being weakened by his own fear of these kids who almost defeated him all these years ago. So there's that scene where like, that's kind of what's being implied. You know, like Eddie says it later. He's like, you know, as I was choking it, it got weaker. It felt scared. But they they cut that with like the leper pukes in his face and it starts playing Angel of the Morning for no reason. <laughs> uh, I just figured they wanted to puke on his face as much as they could. Um, I didn't... Yeah, and that's fine, puke on his face. But why are we cutting to an '80s fucking song ballad for no reason? Like it's so tonally weird. <laughs> uh, I got nothing. I got it. I don't even have any jokes to make that work, but here we are. <laughs> so then, uh, what are we watching for next week? I don't know. I didn't have the list. Uh, obviously, we There's got stuff. the last of Doom Patrol and Second City of Titans, I suppose. Um, I believe theatrically, we got Hustlers and Goldfinch. Yes, those are the two. Um, Which, Jesus Christ, am I not looking forward to Goldfinch? I am super. I'm kind of super looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to Hustlers. Uh, <laughs> me too. It looks ridiculous. It looks like a better kitchen that I can finally wash that out of my mouth with. So, uh, also, did you want to do Fast Color? 
I mean, eventually. Okay. That's why I told you to make things try to forget. Okay. I we're getting towards the uh, the point in the year where I'm going to start trying to catch up on shit that I haven't seen yet. Okay, fair enough. So yeah, uh, but, do you know best and worst yeah. list or just we'll get no? Up. I'll figure it out. Again. Uh, obviously, the second half of Carnival Row too. Um, there's also um, there's also a new Prime show starting. This week? Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's like um, um, uh, a, a rotoscope show. What's a rotoscope? Did you ever watch um, A Scanner Darkly? Oh, no, I've seen it. I remember watching it. I remember hating it. But I feel like that's very in line with my artistic choice choices nowadays. Sure. But, yeah, it's basically where, like, they film it and then they animate over, over it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, yeah, I want to check out at least like an episode of that, okay. see what it's like. That works. Uh, so yeah, we'll watch all that shit and uh, bring back to your table tomorrow- next week for random number 116. Peace, pineapple, and all that good stuff. Later. Later. Wow, 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 wow,